Gen Divide is the best podcast on the planet. Just sit back and relax. Enjoy it, dang it. Gen Divide, such a cool idea um, to have grandfather and granddaughter doing a podcast. I'll have to check it out. That's going to get copyrighted. (laughs) (laughs) No, welcome to the 53rd episode of the Gen Divide podcast. This is one of your hosts, Grace Heiler. And I'm your other host, Billy Joe Armstrong. This is probably one of my favorite kinds of episodes we are doing today, the album review. And this is probably, this is my last one before going away to college. Say what? What? You haven't changed your mind yet? (laughs) No, not yet. All the money you're yeah. turning your back on with the Gen Divide podcast I know, to go to college. I know. That's I, okay. I wonder every day if I'm making a mistake. And we'll leave it at it's your last one before <laughs> you go to college. Yeah. I could, you'll, I could. Depending on if your roommate's cool, you could Zoom with us sometimes, mm-hmm. or if you can find a quiet computer lab somewhere. Yeah. Or when you come home for the holidays, you can join. Join Gen Divide again. No, Dylan at that point will be like, no. No, get out. It's my my room and my podcast. <laughs> Stay in the garage. Okay, so for our last choices with me around. Yes. Until the unforeseeable future. Yeah. Um, Dad, you chose Dookie by Green Day, yes. and I chose Tell Me About Tomorrow by Jaden. And that is spelled J X D N, no caps. For those wondering, for for those looking for that, it's not Jaden like you would think, or even like you wouldn't think. No. Like, because Jaden could be obviously J A D E N, but -hmm. it could be J A D O N D Y N. Yeah. I think I've seen all those, but I've never seen J X D N. How much more difficult are we going to make this? Oh, no. Oh, Dylan. (laughs) Dylan's in the studio, Um, too, just drawing uh, a Kobe Bryant tribute art. That's not. It's not Kobe (laughs) Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) But nonetheless, uh, if you hear hear bantering in the background, that's Dylan. She didn't want a mic. She's just going to every once in a while yell something tremendous in the background. (laughs) (laughs) What did she just say? I don't know. Now she's whispering. (laughs) It's getting tough. It's not going to work. It's getting tough. All right. So Green Day's Dookie. Am I going first here? Is that what yeah, we decided? Is that what first. you told me when we were reviewing the show notes? Yes. I have a lot of notes for Tell Me About Tomorrow. Just a lot of things to talk about oh my with gosh. it. So I hope that you've prepared like a quiz. I have, I have no quiz. <laughs> you mean related to Dookie I was supposed to have a quiz? Yeah, just something. All right. Well, I don't have that. We're, and we're also rocking a new... Speaker. We'll see and let's just jump right into the album. All right, yeah. Green Day's Dookie, released in February of 1994. And this is the lead song on the album. I'm not sure if that's coming through too well, but there it is. Um, we can go kind of song by song on this and just kind of quickly skip around. Uh, let me first kind of tell you my first memory of Green Day, and it was at my good friend Brandon's house. 
And I, for some reason, I can remember seeing the CD cover, the album cover to this. And then you knew you would love it. No, I didn't know I would <laughs> love it. But just like how different it was from a lot of that early 90s, even in this period. In 1994, grunge was very much still a thing. Mm-hmm. And this felt like punky grunge, kind of. So it felt like it was still carrying that same message over about, hey... We're the youth, but we're still facing anxiety, depression, identity crisis, everything related to that. But it kind of had this more upbeat, punky feel. Um, And I found a a quote somewhere from Billy Joe Armstrong, who's the lead singer for the band, who said, we saw ourselves as extroverted grunge, as an extroverted grunge band. And I thought, man, that's really nails it to me. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always struggled to call them just punk for some reason. Um, Even though they kind of fit that bill, and I guess, um, you know, that that may be some. Another way, like, a lot of of it, too, you'll just see an American rock band, Green Day, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as the descriptor or whatever. Use the umbrella of rock. Yeah, the big umbrella of rock. So, leads off with this burnout song, which is really quick. It's mm-hmm. only like it's a good two, one, though. yeah, about two minutes or a little over two minutes, and it's really mm-hmm. like a signature opening song to me because it really brings forth the sound, right? It's got right. everything from the really strong band right up to the uh, his lyrics and and his sound, which he's got that punk idea. sound, a lot like Jexton. We'll get to that, mm-hmm. and we're Dylan and I may <laughs> even do an example of it here in a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um. I wish I knew how loud this music was coming through on the other end, but that's okay. So second album, or second track on the album is Having a Blast. Grace, are you having a blast or not? (laughs) Right now I am having a blast. Yes. Um, I like the lyrics of this one in the bridge, um, but, you know, it's not like a stick-out song. It's not. It's hard to follow the first one. It is, and uh, to me... It's almost like this is that, like, uh, like just precursor to what becomes, like, probably the next four or five songs that are just awesome and the highlight of the mm-hmm. album. I do like this song, but I also feel like it's Billy Joe turned down just a bit, and the band is really kind of the focus here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a hard time just like paying attention to the lyrics while listening to this one yeah or just the voice in general exactly it's kind of like hard to understand and like yeah and it's, it's so fast it feels like a really yeah. fast song that never really lets up from beginning to end and again shorter song this whole album we talked about that there's not a lot of mm-hmm. there's not a long song on this album Mm-mm. and i kind of appreciate that right yes because every once in a while i mean you have got to have a great song if you're going to make it an eight-minute song on your album. It better not stink. Like Mirrors by Justin Timberlake? I don't know if that would fit the bill or not. <laughs> I don't think so, though, uh, but I don't know. Did he do, like, a seven-minute version of all of his songs at one point? I don't know. Maybe. Everyone that's, what should, I, that's what I knew him for as a child. Everyone should have a seven-minute seven version of every song they do and then <laughs> never put that on an album. Save that no. for live, because to me, like seven, eight-minute songs, it's like that's when you're just showcasing your musicians. Mm-hmm. You're letting the guy on the bass go nuts for a minute, and then you're letting the drummer do his best Everything. Ashton impersonation or whatever, you know. Right, yeah. Control the crowd for a little bit. 
All right, let's jump forward then. The next next song is Chump. Chump. Um, I really like this one. Yeah, me too. It's one of the... <laughs> again, this is the beginning of what I think... I'm going to call it the next five songs, I think, are the highlight of the album. Uh, That's fair to say. There's definitely some other ones. Um, I just, again, just a signature sound from them. Better than the last one, because I think there's a little bit more room to breathe in the music, if that makes sense. It's just not everyone going at a hard 10 for the entire song. Mm-hmm. Brings his vocals this down one. a little bit more. <laughs> I really like when the lyrics in the song stop, and I think it's just like the second half of the song. Yeah. It's just kind of like... I mean, it's organized, but it's just like noise yes. with the instruments. Yeah. And I really like that, but the first time we listened to this, I was in the car with mom. We were going to Alabama, and she's like, I don't like that. What is this? Why? Who why? Yeah. <laughs> wants to hear this? It's <laughs> I like. I told you, mom doesn't like jump. They went into punk, grunge, jazz at the end of it, you know, <laughs> where it's just like everyone's kind of playing their own thing. Mm. If you value that, it sounds like it's going. Well, you know, but mm. if you are just trying to focus on some good, clean rock and roll, it kind of <laughs> diverts away from that. Right here? Right. Yeah, here it comes. You get a lot of this bass. Oh, this I love album. the bassist in Green Days. The, um, it's coming. The other thing that came from this album, it is coming, and I'll talk a little bit more why it's coming, but the band really wanted to have an underground feel. You know, they wanted to feel like one of these bands nobody knows about, but they kind of went through an identity crisis with this album because they blew up. And I found a really good article, it was from a Rolling Stones article or an excerpt from it, where it was just like them talking about the experiences of watching the crowds double and double and double and double (laughs) like they were playing in front of 4,000 then 8 then 16 then 32,000 then they were selling out 64,000 seat stadiums or whatever and it kind of they trying to maintain that underground feel Mm -hmm. while they while they play punk grunge jazz Yeah. I could see where this would annoy mom on a on a drive. <laughs> it's just like it's so loud that you can't hear anything but that. Yeah. Good I, one though. I wouldn't turn it down. Now, I love the way Chump leads right into Longview. Yes. Possibly my favorite part of the whole album. And this little bass riff is probably also a highlight of the album for me. Right here, the beginning of this song. I just love it. It's good. So this this song is, um, I think, again, kind of one that really highlights highlights everyone in the band. Um, you know what this song's about, Grace? No. You don't? Longview? Yeah. No, so, that was my guess. <laughs> about Long- Longview, Texas? <laughs> yeah. No. So the, uh, the, the song quickly became labeled as a song about masturbation. Okay. 
maybe a word, maybe a word we didn't think we'd ever utter on the Gin Divide <laughs> podcast. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But whatever. <laughs> you can't go back now. But okay. um, again, the way songs can get immediately grab a label versus what the artist intends, and he mm-hmm. and and Billy Joe said that was part of it. But that's not what it's really about. <laughs> he says uh, his his meaning of this song was coming more from a lonely guy, no girlfriend, no life, complete loser. Well, what do you know? <laughs> um, I really just love good. it, though. I yeah, love this song. Uh, I love that my mother says to get a job, but she doesn't like the one she's got. <laughs> like, you know, it feels like a very, right. like, uh, you know, common theme message of, you know, follow the norm, right? Follow the norm. Go get your job. You're going to hate it just like I do, right? And Billy right. Joe's like, no, no, I may have an extremely fragile mental state, but I'm going to be a rock star. <laughs> But the thing is, that's not going to work for everyone. Not going to work for so everyone. So they're either going to have to get a job that they hate or just sit there. Or try harder. Try harder. Yeah. <laughs> try, just keep trying just to keep be a rock star. Just keep working harder. Exactly. So this one clocks in at almost four minutes, and it's, I believe, mm. the longest song on the album. I could be wrong on that. But we won't uh, k- you know, keep harping on it. Any other thoughts on Longview? Um... No. Now that I actually read the lyrics, and there's like a theme to it. I like it more. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a theme to the entire album mm-hmm. in that it is all... And, and that's what's so interesting. I think you, you can look at this album and a lot of the albums that we've done. And maybe, you know, I, maybe, again, as the guy that doesn't focus on lyrics that often, mm-hmm. every, like 90% <laughs> of rock <Ever>. is this. <laughs> but it's really all about... In this case, this is all about his own mental struggles is what it comes down mm. to for me, right? And what, and what vices he may use to uh, kind of try and fix those things or whatever. Um, and, and, and there was a, a quote kind of, again, since this one touches on that so much and the whole idea of it's about a complete loser, where Billy Joe says he used music to soothe his troubled mental state. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety, depression, panic attack type stuff that's brought up throughout the entire album. And this is definitely at the height of that, I would say. So following up, Longview is Welcome to Paradise. Mm-hmm. This one's good. This one's probably one of the favorites. So this one was originally on the album before this, Kerplunk. And it went through a few uh, changes, I believe, for this. I can't, I'm not sure exactly what it was. I didn't go back and listen to the one that was on Kerplunk. Um, but nonetheless, it, I believe I'm right in that, that this album was on the previous, or this song was on the previous album and uh, went through a, a, some minor changes for this. Also, one neat thing on this. I wish Dylan would have been here for this too, but the uh, here she comes. Dylan, Dylan, here she comes. The original album, the the album was originally going to be titled Liquid Dookie. Uh, so, that much, is so much, so worse. much. No, it's so much more powerful. I think. <laughs> but no. and then there's a thing here. The full title was too gross for their label. Too gross in quotes. The label Thanks. said no. Thanks for that. So here's, here's from their drummer. The quote was, we had a fecal fascination in those years. God. Again, 
two words together. The band originally wanted the band originally wanted to to make a nod to diarrhea and title it Liquid Dookie. The phrase was inspired by their experiences with getting diarrhea on yeah. tour due to their terrible diets. I've noticed a lot of just that kind of theme and things like that. Yeah. With just like bands and people in like in the same like I guess broad category as yes. Green Day. But I think that's so interesting. Like that was that was going to be their approach with it, right? <laughs> right, right. It's right. like, hey, and it's funny. It's funny, but like maybe, guys. Serious now. We have diarrhea a lot. Maybe we should name this something as a homage to that. To our. <laughs> So the band right, eventually right, settled right. on the shortened yeah. and equally effective Dookie without liquid mm-hmm. to get their point across. And it worked. I think I think that gave me 2% hesitation the first time I ever saw this album and listened to it. For some reason was like, why is the name Dookie? And now I'm thinking about Dookie as I listen to the songs. No, I just don't. I didn't think about that. No. Like, um, we're going to... As we talk about Jaden, we'll talk about him more. But like, um, is there a lot of diarrhea talk with Jaden too? <laughs> no, okay. uh, with a uh, Blink One Eighty Two, mm. there is that. And I do like the immaturity, but like the gross parts, I just like kind of pretend I don't hear it sometimes. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, like I don't picture it. I don't think about it too deep. Yeah. All right. So moving on from Welcome to Paradise, the next one is uh, Pulling Teeth. To me, this is like an underrated one on the album. Yeah. Well, it's kind of stuffed between two pretty popular Yeah, rock ones. stars. You know, you know what I really like about this song? It, it kind of just has that undertone of like 50s rock. Like this kind of almost swing feel to it or something, you know? Um, everything about it does kind of again it feels very Green Day but it also feels like a little more old school a little bit Um, Mm -hmm. I like it I think it's like I said to me and I know we're not necessarily going through and picking favorite least favorite whatever but I'll go ahead and say for now that to me Pulling Teeth is the most underrated song on the album I think one that didn't really I mean obviously it was never released as a single um and it was never really, you know, a focal point. And maybe it is because it's those two that I feel like it was always still one that I listened to all the time, you know. And it may have just been because I was trying to bridge Longview and Welcome to Paradise to the next song. Any thoughts on Pulling Teeth? I don't know. It sounds like something. Like, I don't know. It sounds like a beach song. Yes. But it feels, I don't know. It's kind of just a da na 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 na. There is like something about it, movie, like yeah. has this '50s '60s. All right, after uh, pulling teeth, you probably have all heard this one. Basket case. What do you think of this one, Grace? Um, 
It was good. Yeah. I, I like I had heard of that song before. I don't, but I just I couldn't tell if I'd actually listened to the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like I just recognized the first part. Sure, sure. Yeah. The, I think to me one of the things I really love is right there. Uh, if anyone could hear, it, but if not, you'll know it if you know the song. It is the the way the music goes with his vocals. I love his vocals. I love the way mm-hmm. Billy Joe Armstrong sounds, and the band is so good. And I don't want to drown them out, but I kind of like the songs where it's like the band is like almost just doing this in the background, <laughs> and he's really wailing with his vocals. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the drummer goes off, and they kick into something that's more full fledged. Everyone. So this was meant, according to Billy Joe, to be an anthem for all the weirdos and the freaks. Basket case. <laughs> so it was, uh, it's all about basically his own anxiety attacks, going crazy, mental stability, and health of, of himself. Mm-hmm. He wrote 12 of the 14 songs, I believe, on this. Uh, and this is obviously one he wrote. And they're all kind of personal to him. Um, and even some of the ones that are the two that aren't, kind of have a at least a feel of of the same thing which makes you think the band probably all identified with Billy Joe and they were all struggling from the same stuff or whatever mm-hmm. I think um, I think my favorite line in this one is the first one or the first two do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once yes that it sounds it's like the same idea as one in having a blast I think and yep. it's something that comes up that idea I like it yeah I like this this again was a huge hit and I think to me even though we're going to get to one uh here in a minute to me this is the like the song of the album I think even Mm -hmm. though it wasn't the biggest hit uh, I do think it's the song of the album to me all right after that we go on to she not did Harry cover this? Um, I think he has his own song called She. I don't think I listened to it. Pretty pretty vague title. Yes, it is. <laughs> Anybody could do it. <laughs> Maybe we should. So this, this song, uh, and there's a few of these the as well. Also. Uh, it's about his ex-girlfriend. And I and I did have some info on this one as well. It's kind of oh, fun. Drama. With She. Um it's a radio-only single uh, written by Armstrong about a former girlfriend who showed him a feminist poem with an identical title. In return, Armstrong wrote the lyrics of She and showed them to her. She later moved to Ecuador, prompting Armstrong <laughs> to put She on the album. Huh. The same ex-girlfriend is also the topic of the songs Sassafras Roots, which will be next, and Chump, which we already covered the third song on the album. Once again, scorn love, former love takes over an album as well. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Heartbreak it's is easy. It's easy always to write there. about that. Yeah, it is. You hold on to that. Yep. And I've got some I've got some great hot sports opinions on that coming up for sure. Uh-oh. All right. Moving on from she next is Sassafras Roots. Which like we That's just a said. Fun. That's a fun title. It is. Um, so again, about the same girl. She went to Ecuador. 
<laughs> I don't have That's a whole lot funny. on this one. I, I mean, to me, it's a fun song. I like it. Uh, it wasn't one as I went back through this album that I had a lot of rem- memories of. And my note on it was skippable song, but very good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I think if you're just moving through this song and looking for the big ones, or if you're, if you're making a mixtape for a friend mm-hmm. and you're picking like six or seven Green Day songs, this probably isn't going to be one of them. But it's a good yeah. song. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and say that now about this album because we often talk about skippable songs on an album. Mm-hmm. This is one of the more bulletproof albums, we, I, in my opinion, that we've had in terms of skippable. Like, I think you can just let this play from beginning to end, right. and there's not really a skippable song to me, mm-hmm. or one that you're automatically yelling, you know, <laughs> next. Next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't think I felt that way about. No? Did you feel? Well, it's probably more like if you don't feel that way, then you might also feel like 12 of them are skippable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think NF would be another one, I would say, but like even most of the other ones, they uh, have skips. I feel like NF may have had one or two. Even Michael Jackson. Remember, yes. we talked a lot about that. There was a very skippable song. There is one, though. Remember, I can't <laughs> remember what it was, but very skippable. Um, some albums have six of them, you know, uh, but they have mm-hmm. also four or five big, big, big hits. Well, this one to me has four or five hits, but the rest of the album... It has got that same up. sound, and it's mm-hmm. almost like they could have interchanged some of them as radio, non-radio hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, this is a perfect example of one. I feel like Sassafras Roots is good enough that it could have probably become a radio hit if they would have wanted it to. All right, mm-hmm. next one. Not a lot of lyrics in that one, no. Sassafras Roots, so you could have remembered it yes, on I could the radio. Have. I could have. <laughs> So next song is When I Come Around. My first mm-hmm. note on this is just in all caps, damn. <laughs> what is that? Well, mean? I just love the start. And I know this is going to sound like crap on the podcast, but I'm going to play it again from the beginning anyways at a louder volume because the beginning of this song is just so powerful. And again, in our Manhattan studios, we're literally holding a Bluetooth speaker up to the microphone. So I want to apologize if I just blew anyone's ears out, or if you couldn't hardly hear it. I don't know what that's going to come across like. Um, Until our investors can buy us better equipment, though, that's where we're at. Sorry. Leave a positive review. I just winked at our investors, if they were looking. Um, this to me, so powerful from the start, uh, it was their first top 10 single. So from a popularity standpoint, money standpoint, it was bigger than basket case. And maybe that's why it also kind of, to me, lost that signature feel of the album. Like it just was played so much and it transcended to me the punk grunge feel that they had. You know, it just became, Mm -hmm. this is a rock song. This is, 
This is big. It's an it's it feels it's a very anthem like song. Uh, it was also about a former girlfriend who I believe went of on course. to become his wife. Oh wow! I believe he, okay. when they, they broke up, he wrote this song. And that's what I don't won know her if that's back. I meant to look into that. <laughs> I don't know if that's what won her back, and maybe they were, are no longer married. But I believe that he wrote this about an ex girlfriend, former girlfriend that he ended up marrying at some point later in life. Mm-hmm. Some huge. Dookie fan right now is yelling at the podcast like they're still together. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Idiot. Cindy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you think of this song, Grace? Mm. It's it's probably the most catchy. I can see why this one this one was the most popular. Yes, yeah. It feels like it's got the most radio feel to it, right? And mm. it is probably of all the songs, you're getting a ton. It's like Billy Joe to two hundred percent on this song. The band is awesome too, but it is Billy Joe screaming into a microphone <laughs> to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And when these guys scream, like they have such a different sound. You know what I mean? We, we're going to talk about this someone, Jaden too. Right, mm-hmm. and Dylan and I talked about this. You and I talked about this. <laughs> but when these guys get loud, it's almost like they treat vowels differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when I come around, <laughs> like, yeah. You know. And I get yeah. it. It's just singing it, but they almost sound like they're like putting on an accent, or like yeah, like it's an accent. Like English isn't their first language. Dylan, what are you thinking? She's looking from the outside in right now at us. <laughs> you she guys want to sing a song for do us? Do you want to do it now? Huh? <laughs> I think we're going to wait till Jackson okay, for me okay. and you to sing. All right. We'll wait till Jackson. All right. So okay. after When I Come Around is Coming Clean. You know what this song's about? Could you tell from the lyrics? <laughs> this is another one where the lyrics just kind of escaped me. I'm reading them right now. So this is about his bisexuality at the okay. ages of 16 and 17, and essentially like parents wouldn't understand or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have gotten that, or at least the details. Yeah. I got the it's idea, a little bit though. of a deep dive. So uh, Billy Joe's been open about his sexuality. He's always been something he struggled with. Um, I believe... Not that it would matter in any way, but I did find a quote where it's basically like him saying he'd never been with a man, but that since since he was basically a child or a teenager or whatever, he'd kind of struggled with attraction mm-hmm. and, and sexuality or whatever. Good song. Again, another one that to me is just like so good, right? I mean... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I yeah, struggled finding all, a hole in good. the album. I struggled finding a hole well, in the album. I just was. I just looked at the track list and I realized where the hole is. But we'll oh get boy. to that later. Okay. All right. Next one is Imaneus Sleepus. One of the songs not written by Billy Joe Armstrong. Mm-hmm. This one was written by the bassist Mike Durnt. And to me... Nice. Coming clean into this song, it's it's like the same song. It's like they could have not stopped in the middle or something, you know, and they could have just kind of changed things up and rolled right into the next of it. It does have a very similar sound. Again, very signature sound for them. Any other thoughts on this one? 
No, not really. It's a good one. All right, next. In the end. We love it. We love it. Yes. Gosh. <laughs> Again, I think another um, underrated one. This one may have been a single as well, but it definitely didn't, didn't get as much off. highlight as the other ones. I was trying to find that. Um, it was not. So the singles from this album were Longview, Basket Case, Welcome to Paradise, When I Come Around, and She. Okay. Well, you got to make She a single. That way you can win the girl back. Yeah, but he didn't. He won the other girl back. Oh, right, He, he right, won right. the When I Come Around girl back. <laughs> Get her to come back from the yeah. door, though. Didn't work. All right, only two more songs left on the track. The next one is F.O.D. This is the example where the band's almost background, and he's just... This one gives me the idea of like a motorcycle for some reason. Oh, yeah. I just like that. I like the songs that are like this, and you'll hear it. It's going to crank up. The yeah, band gets going here in a minute. I don't know. I don't know about this. Is this the hole in the album, you think? <laughs> um, it's part of it. It's almost like, too, like he doesn't even have a great voice, but it just fits mm. the message and, and the band so well. Yeah, I really dig it. I really, really dig it. I, I will say, in in terms of maybe every album I've brought to the forefront, this is the one I've kind of re-fallen in love with the most. Mm-hmm. Like, it's now, like, entering into play. Right. One fun thing, too, with all these albums, and this is one that was easy to do, but I always try and take a couple of songs from the albums that we do and then incorporate them at the gym on the playlist that I have. Mm-hmm. So I have two playlists. One is warming up, one is workout. So workout obviously needs to be a little bit harder. Uh, wor- the warming up one can be anything. And a lot of the songs end up on warming up. But uh, mm-hmm. this song is full, or this album's full of songs that would work either way, really. And there's the band yeah. that just kicked in, if you didn't hear that. I just don't know about this one. She doesn't know about it. just don't know. Maybe it doesn't belong this close to the end. Like, maybe it should have been yeah. mixed up at the top where all those other ones are. I think you could argue, like, to me, I, and I agree, I had that same thought. To me, I think switching having a blast in this song in the order of the album might have been the play. Mm, yeah. But I don't know. Who knows? I'm sure there's some wonderful yeah. reason why they put it where it was. I did like I'm it, sure. though. And then the last one, and I, I guess this is going to be your hole, right? Yeah. All by myself. <laughs> I have, I'll tell you my descriptor of this song as soon as he starts singing. Also, he didn't write this song. So it sounds like they're just hanging in an album, in, in the studio, kind of chilling. And this is just happens. You know, doesn't it feel like something just happened? The yes. guitarist is just playing. Billy Joe yes. is just like. I was all by myself. <laughs> I just don't no know why. Hold on. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna help you identify what this song is in a second. Oh yeah, did I mention I was all by myself? The song's under two minutes. We're not gonna play the whole thing. We'll talk over it a little bit here. All by myself. But I want you to hear the lyrics and then I'm gonna okay. tell you who all it by is. All by myself. It's Kermit the Frog singing to Miss Piggy. Don't you think? Doesn't it feel like something that could have been on the Muppets? Yeah. And it's Kermit just yeah. going back and forth. I went in your room. He went in Miss Piggy's room. <laughs> so that's not actually. But he was all by just, himself still. You made this up for it. Well, that's great. Yes. Maybe they should have just sold it to whoever does the Muppets. Well, another thing about this song is it wasn't on the album track list. It's mm-hmm. a hidden song. So as you were putting the CD in and you thought, oh, okay, track 14, FOD, we're done. Or maybe it's 13, I don't know, whatever. Um, then this just played at the end and that, mm-hmm. that's perfect for that. It's perfect for this little bitty weird ending that still is kind of all about loneliness and like I went everywhere looking for you, but I was still all by myself. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's that's gonna be my least favorite. Least favorite. Okay. So let's tackle favorite, least favorite. You've already given us your least favorite. What's your favorite? Mm, it's hard. I have a handful of favorites. Um I don't know. Before this it was going to be Chump or Welcome to Paradise, okay. but I've really learned a lot about all of the other songs yes. now. Good. <laughs> so now I want them all to be my favorite. Um, Gosh, it is hard. really hard to it's pick hard. a least favorite, especially because to me, throw that one out, throw it out. That, that's okay. not eligible because it's that was not. clearly just a, it wasn't even listed as a track. You can't pick all by myself. <laughs> can't you just hear Kermit doing it? Yes, that's perfect. I'm trying to think of like my, I feel like I used to have kind of a, a good fake Kermit the Frog voice, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't worked on you it in years. It. I haven't worked on it since I was 11. Dang it. Okay. Uh, favorite, least favorite. Let's just go. Let's just do it. All right, you go. All right, my favorite's Longview. Okay. Um, couple things. One, the baseline, the beginning, I think the overall message. I may have back in the mid-90s related to this song to <laughs> the public kind of uh, vision of it of or whatever mm-hmm. how they kind of labeled it about masturbation i kind of always thought of it though kind of as what he thought just like uh lonely uh kind of just all around loser kind of song <laughs> or whatever you know uh and it's the only song with the coveted e on it mm, that that's really important to you that is important to <laughs> me and i think uh, we're going to talk about this in a minute with our boy Jaden. Ooh, I just called him our boy. Our boy. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. Maybe. But um, I think that was a big deal back then. You know what I mean? And it probably, uh, it was a much bigger deal back then as far as potentially a negative. I think like the record company producer in this case would have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. What did he just say? (laughs) Let's change that. Let's change that word. Let's flip that out. And the fact that they were able to hold on to it a little bit. Again, not like everyone was super clean, but it was, you know, probably a big move, something they kind of had to stand up for to keep that included on the album. Mm -hmm. 
But I just love it. it. To me, that bass line alone at the beginning uh, is worth it. And then I think his vocals on it are money. I love the message. I love just, to me, it's, it defines them so much. There's, and again, I love all, all the songs on this album, but that's my favorite. Okay. It, not easy to pick either. No, it's not. Basket Case would be second. Right um, I think Longview is one of my favorites too now. Um, and then I would say um, Having a Blast, Coming Clean. Ooh, okay. Gosh, that's really good. So those are some deeper cuts. I feel like mine were both major <laughs> well, I cuts. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think. I guess if I had to pick one of the deeper cuts, one. I mean, I don't know. They're all so great. It's impossible to do at that point. Uh, but I guess maybe towards the end of the album, um, I'd probably pick FOD. Uh, again, just kind of like the beginning yeah. of that, the sound and the way the band ki- kicks in at the end. Least favorite. You said, all right, we're taking that away. All by myself is not an option. Dang it. Okay. You can't say the name of that song either. You <laughs> only can sing it. So you're no longer allowed to pick all by myself. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Favorite. Least favorite. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, it's impossible. Should we just say it's impossible? It's impossible. I guess I mean, to me, I'm going to say just because I'm looking back over my notes when I really, you know, tried to deep dive on some of this and I just like <laughs> it, but I guess I'm going to say Sassafras Roots because it's the only one I have written down next to it, possibly skippable, but still very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the other one would have been to me... Maybe a little bit of, man, I don't know. I, mean, I was going to say, say having a blast, but you put that as one of your favorites, didn't you? Yeah. I would say maybe she, that one kind of just got lost for me, but now that I know it's about the girl who went to Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Doesn't knowing the story behind a song make it so much better? Um, always. Not always. Not always. Sometimes. No. Because like the masturbation song you like less now? <laughs> no, I like that one more. But okay. it's just like I have to know it after the fact, after I've like I get that. To the whole I thing. think that's always the case. That, yeah, because I said that about Olivia Rodrigo. It's just like the first time I was listening to it, it's just like I'm just thinking about Joshua Bassett and Sabrina Carpenter yeah. the yeah. whole time. But then you listen to the whole album and you're like, okay, this is enough yeah. already. <laughs> this is enough cool already. It. But it's really good. And like I really like that it's all about kind of, or it seems to be about the same thing. Yeah. And it all like fits together. She like brings up these like same ideas. And it's like a really good album. Like I love that about an album when it's all... It all has that theme, but yeah, it, I, I think I would have liked it more if I would have not okay. known about Joshua and all that. We're not, are we even going to give grades or something on albums or are we just going no. to total ranking now? Power rankings yeah, from now on? we're going to do a power ranking. Okay. Let's do that before I leave. Okay. So uh, on this, then that's going to wrap it up for Green Day's Dookie. Also, Grace, we are now 43 minutes into the podcast. Oh We've God, only really? talked about one of the albums. <laughs> And, Grace, uh, mm-hmm. you've already told me 10 times you have a ton of stuff ton to of cover stuff. on this next album. <laughs> so this is going to be a longer one, just so people know. And I do feel like, too, I want to apologize if on Green Day's Dookie, I said, it's just great, like, <laughs> too many times. 
Yeah, we might have said that one too many. May, may have said it too many times. All right, so we're ready to jump into okay. Jaden's. Tell me about tomorrow. Yes, and remember, people, if you're looking for this on Spotify, you can find our playlist, Gen Divide Current Music, and after this episode, it'll move to Gen Divide All Time Music or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Or right. you just search JXDN because that's how you spell Jaden now. Mm-hmm. All right. He only has two songs that aren't on this album. You're, you're driving the bus from here, so you tell me if you just want me to kind of start playing stuff or, um, or what. Okay, first, I just have a list of things to talk about before we even really get to all awesome. the songs. Awesome. So um, I'll just give a little rundown for everybody. This is the debut of DTA Records artist Jaden, a.k.a. Jaden Hostler. Um... Oh, oh, never mind. I got distracted for a little bit. We'll get to that later. Just related to that, I wrote down one note, Jaden Joe Armstrong. I feel like he could have been Billy Joe's son, maybe. Okay. You know what I mean? Just sound. And like if Billy Joe's son loved Billy Joe's music, it would have turned into this in 2021. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, He got his fame originally from TikTok, which is a platform that we have talked a handful, about a handful amount of times. And we're going to talk about it some more. Uh, this was released July second, and I was wait. I had it on our calendar in the um, in the laundry room. Yeah, I wrote, "Tell me about tomorrow, July second, and it took up the whole day. I so. saw that, and I just thought, well, "What's she wanting to know about July 3rd? <laughs> Sorry, Dad well, joke. It's, it's part of it. It's part of the charm of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the album cover of this one. We talked about Green Days a little bit. When I first saw this album cover, it was like before it was released. I was like, what? what? You just put a baby picture on it? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But like it, it ties into the themes and stuff like that. There was a reason that it was just this baby picture. But now every time I see it on Spotify, I'm like, oh, and it makes me click on it. And then I listen to it. It's, yeah. it's good. Um, Yeah. I like That's it. That's it. It's so, a little bubble bath. Do you want me to play the intro? Sure. Let's play right. the intro. So the intro is very short. Yo, I think I just found the first artist I'm going to sign to DTA Records. This kid's next. His name's Jaden. Hit me back. Peace. I'm going to pause it before it gets into the song. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend about 10 minutes talking about the intro. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> Not right. Not really. Well, we can. I've only got one um, thing written down next to it. I didn't know who it was at first. It makes sense mm-hmm. that it's Travis Barker. I didn't realize he was DTA Records. That's the drummer that drums yeah. for every band or artist that sounds like Jaden or is Correct. in that genre. And I don't like it. I don't like the intro. <laughs> yeah, no. it just feels... I don't even understand what we're doing here. Does it here. sound fake? Yes, it sounds super fake and like it's just... Like just made it up? Yeah. I, fe- I don't know. Whenever I've heard Travis just like in interviews, I feel mm-hmm. like he always sounds kind of... I don't know. Hit me up. <laughs> At the end, he says. Like that, like that was probably fake, but he doesn't. I don't know. I think you it's could probably- have done something better. I get it. He's just trying to say, hey, this is going to be awesome. And it's kind of like Travis Barker's stamp of approval is the first thing you hear. And so if you are, and I'm sure there's other artists, but Machine Gun Kelly fan, for instance, and you know all mm-hmm. about Travis Barker because of that, then you're immediately like, okay, I'm in on <laughs> Jexton. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Travis actually found Jaden. As I said, he got his rise through TikTok, which we're going to talk about. But he 
released a song called Comatose, which you watched the music video for when we were just letting them play. Yeah. Um, he released that, and then Travis's son saw it, and then he showed it to Travis, and he's like, oh, look, Dad, I think you'll like this. And then um, Travis just, like, reached out to Jaden's team and was like, hey, do you want to work together? And then eventually so, it all worked out. Like, so that one... I mean, what was the production value pre-Travis? I mean, and because and on TikTok, I'm thinking, is it just a kid with a guitar and maybe someone behind him beating on a bucket or something like that? Or was this like he was already a fully loaded musician with all the stuff and a band and they just kicked the drum um, around? <laughs> I don't think so. I think um, he did work with another producer on that song, I think, and... I'm, I think I heard this right. This could be about something else. But I think that producer that worked with Jaden on Comatose also hit up Travis, Travis. And he's like, hey, I used, um, I think you should check this out. I think it's cool. I used your, something on your drum pack on it. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. We need a drum pack. We do. Bad. We need to get someone. Yes. How do we, how do we get a hold of that? I don't I even don't know. really know what that means. Uh, me neither. <laughs> All right, I'm rolling into the next one. Ready? This is, to me, how the album should have started. The song is Pills. Pills. Yes. Talk to us about Pills, Grace. When I I was reading the genius thing uh-huh. on this, Spotify. like it was before it was released, yeah. And it said they said they think it's probably about his friend Cooper, who um, actually we're gonna talk about more at the end, Ooh. the very end. I told you, don't look up what that one's about. Don't. But it's sad. Um, I think it's a good start to the album. It gives a bit of a, the insight to his life with yeah. like. He doesn't say rock star in this one, but he says it a lot later, like the rock star lifestyle. I actually ran both this album and Green Day's album into a word frequency counter. Yeah. Oh, um, man, that's genius. <laughs> yeah, in this album, Jaden says rock star 16 times and depression six times and anxiety six times. Okay. So those are just the most interesting words. Yeah. He says, I, 250 times. Oh, conceited. Also, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, when I did this, I realized that there are just a lot more words in Jaden's album. Because it's, it's probably isn't that lo- much longer time-wise, but there are mm. a lot more tracks. Yeah, definitely. Well, and you've got two tracks mm. wasted on <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. No, they're and they're fine. Great. So I, re- I like Pills. Energy, again, I wrote down to me, it's like the signature sound for Jaden in this album. Um, I like the soft music that allows him to, you know, kick the vocals up. And I think it's super catchy. Uh, I think, it is. and I I'm going to go ahead and most. say this now because I don't want to say it a hundred times. Most of the songs on this album are catchy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and you can attest to that. Our family can attest to that because... I've been running around the house going, I don't like cheap thrills, but I'm... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And again, I may not know all the lyrics, but... <laughs> <laughs> you make it work. Every yeah. time I sing that one, the end of the chorus, um, I think it's, 
I don't have me a girl, but I'll take her to space tonight. And every time I sing that, Dylan's like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well. It's, Dylan, you're just jealous. It does make sense. It does make sense. <laughs> Next is Think About Me. This was the last single released before the album. Um, the video for this one might be my favorite. I like the set. It's like orange and yellow and red, like fall. I yeah. think it was shot very well. Again, very catchy. I really like... Man, this is one of the... Be- like To me, one of the themes of this album, too, is very much like a Olivia Rodrigo album. That I feel like there's several songs here pointed at a relationship on the brink of failure, or maybe it has failed, and we're looking back in hindsight, like in this one. Um, oh but the line, you you got control, I've got no hope. And I mm-hmm. think that, to me, is like, you know, you're in a relationship with someone, and you just feel like, you know, they're going to dictate where it goes from here, I guess, you know, and I've got mm-hmm. no say. I know where I wanted to go, but it doesn't really matter, you know, right, and right. kind of that sinking feeling. There is some drama associated Ooh. with Jaden and this album. Great. It is, it is, it's like Olivia Rodrigo times two, kind is of. Oh. Um, so, okay, I'm just going to explain it without my notes. Basically, okay. Jaden was dating someone, a girl named Mads, and his best friend Josh oh. was dating a girl named Nessa. Oh gosh! <laughs> and I can already um, see where this is going to go. <laughs> Nessa and Mads were kind of like frenemies, um, but then, like, I guess they all broke up. Josh apparently was super into Nessa. That's at least what's being said. Sure. Like he wanted to marry this girl, mm. but jo- the thing is. Now, um, I think Mads is dating, like, someone else, not part of it, but Nessa and Jaden are dating now. Oh, I thought it was going to go the other way. No. I no. thought Jaden was going to be heartbroken because Josh and Mads got together, and Mads is nope. dating probably, she's probably dating uh, Joshua <laughs> so, Bassett now. <laughs> right, yeah. I think so. I think <sighs> so. Hmm. So, again, some relationship stuff. I, I've got a story here with this a little bit, and not necessarily okay. this song, but there were other songs that made me think about this, and one of them's coming up in a second. But I feel like if this album would have come out in 1998, the summer of 1998, it would have been the theme of my summer. So mm-hmm. in 1998, your mom and I had been dating for quite a while, and she... Uh, she left, moved about three or four hours away. And it really kind of left me in this flux because I think the line, you've got control, I've got no hope, is how I felt in the time. <laughs> like, you're just going, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. what's happening now, but there's only one thing I want, you know, but I don't mm-hmm. know. And I just, just um, there's one coming up where I really feel like it, it ties into it pretty well. Mm-hmm. So next, wannabe. Did you have more on Think About Me? Um, I'm sorry. I had more with the drama, just like a really funny tidbit. Yes. Um, Mads released or like uh, made a TikTok, which (laughs) it's so bad. Like I almost don't want to bring it up because she deleted it and it's like just like really embarrassing for her. You can't delete it. But no. Yeah. It lives on YouTube. Lives forever. I I watch it every once in a while because I just think it's so funny. Dylan's back. Yeah. 
sometimes I go back and watch it when I need a laugh. Yeah. It's, it is. So, we'll put do a you link know in the, the song show notes. by Taylor Swift? It's called Better Than Revenge. No. It's probably one of her most, like, problematic songs, but, like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Dylan can explain it. She basically just like objectifies this guy and it's like, oh, you stole him from me. And like, she slut shames the girl who yeah. took him. And so she just uses the verse from like the beginning of better than revenge. And, um, it, it starts as like clips of Mads. It's her and Jaden. It's just like them, like doing couple things. And then <laughs> when it goes to, um, she took him faster than you could say sabotage. That's a line. <laughs> And it switches to, like, a screenshot of their song together because Nessa makes music, too. Mads doesn't. Lucky for Jaden. Um, he got with the girl that makes music, so that's yeah. going to go better for that him. That should be a learning point for all men. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't break up with the girl with the mic. <laughs> no. Don't do it. Um, and then it was just, like, a clip of Jaden and Nessa. And I feel bad that she posted that. It was bad. But I still go back and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> it's just uplifting every once in a while. It is. It makes me feel better about myself. Yes. All right. Wannabe. Feeding wannabe. MGK the greatest. Machine Gun Machine Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Boo. Um, oh. Machine Gun Kelly this. is probably like a big reason that this album exists. He was a very big player in this. I think... I think it is kind of like a pop punk revival, like some like scene emo stuff is coming back too. Um, but yeah, Machine Gun Kelly brought a lot of popularity to that, which that's why like some people don't really like Machine Gun Kelly. Like if you're if you're like deep in the rock or like the punk, or if you love Eminem, <laughs> or if you love Eminem, you probably don't He's like him. He's on the list. Either. He's on the list. <laughs> He's on the list. Hey, I just mic'd up Dylan. Uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, we can't it's hear you. Michael, here we go. Can you turn it off when you were trying to... <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. Um... Well, we did mic her up, but the mic's not working. It's coming, though, Dylan. It's coming. All right. Um, let's move. Are we good with Wannabe? Yeah. Okay. So the next song is the one that we have to have Dylan for. A wasted year. I have an interesting tidbit about this. You tell your tidbit. I'm going to get the mic hooked up. <laughs> Um, you guys sang this song so much during the time we were preparing for this. The chorus is really catchy, and it's, you're about to find out why it's so catchy. <laughs> I really want to hear you guys do this. I think you could sing it. We'll let him do it first. Okay. Just let that play through. Did we just get an explicit on this episode by letting that play? Uh, we were, I mean, we were supposed to have one on the Olivia Rodrigo one, and we didn't do anything, and we never got caught. So I think, I think we're good. Yeah. 
um, even with our millions of listeners, they're not catching it. <laughs> so are you think. guys going to be able to sing this? I don't know. I can't get the other mic to work. I think it's because we didn't start with it hooked up, okay, probably, and it won't let me just add it in the middle, fine. maybe. Which is fine. Uh, Dylan can kind of come up over here. Okay. Oh, that's even better. She's going to come around and take your mic. Right, you might have to pause it. Which is kind of a cute little precursor for the future of Gin Divide. Yes, because I will be taking Grace's <laughs> spot, as you all know. Well, we haven't really had the announcement episode yet. <laughs> oh, well, this is the announcement, guys. I will right. be the new co-host. Are we pausing it or are we singing over him? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, so our point being, and this goes back to Green Day, too, there's a certain sound when these punky rock whatever guys get loud with their vocals. Dylan kind of summed it up by saying they can't pronounce what? O's or A's or vowels in general? Just all of them, really. All of them. They make all the vowels the same, maybe. I don't know what it is. So are we going full force here, yeah, Dylan? Count, yeah. Because, listen, yeah. if we're going full force, we don't need to be right up on uh-huh. the mic because we don't want to hurt Derek's ears. Okay. Let's do it. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Who's, who's kicking it first? Because I'll jump in or you jump in, one or the other. Grace wants to count us in. Right, okay, right, count right. us in. One, two, three, four. I don't. Wanna pretend we're still friends in the summer. I hope everyone loved it. I feel like Dylan was <laughs> Dylan, really bringing it right she then. She wanted to bust Derek's yes, eardrums. Exactly. Poor Derek. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so, anyways, what I, my tidbit was that part of the song is sampled from a Blink 182 song called Feeling This. And let me tell you how I noticed this because I really didn't for a while, even when you guys were singing it all the time. Um, I watched this YouTube video, which I'm going to give this video a shout out because it's a really cool idea. It was like 10 things you didn't notice in Blink-182's feeling this. And like you've seen those in movies where it's just like pointing out little things in the background. Yeah, yeah. But this is stuff like just like in the song, 10 things in the song you probably didn't notice, which is super cool. But anyways, it started and like the melody was playing of the chorus. And like I clicked on it because the only thing I remembered from feeling this, because I've only probably heard that one like three times. Um, I only remember the verses, which is like, na 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 I'm feeling this. Yeah. But the chorus is the same as that chorus. But the lyrics for this one are, fate fell short this time. Your smile fades in the summer. Place your hand in mine. I'll leave when I want to. Ooh. So it kind of it took a lot of the same ideas from the line or the, yeah. the lyrics. This one also, I'll go ahead and relate back to uh, 21-year-old insanely insecure in a relationship, Scott Heiler, mm-hmm. in that this one is <laughs> the one that made me think of that in that that summer she left. She got a job up right. near in DFW area, and I was still down in College Station. And I really felt like I can remember talking to my friends like before she left and telling them, like, I think she's just going to basically say, let's put it on hold for the summer. Like, let's just be friends this summer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love how you related to this album. It really is. And there's other (laughs) ones on this on this album, too, that kind of go towards that time. And I don't know what I think that got me thinking on that track. And then there's other ones like. I wrote down stuff on tonight, obviously on Think About Me, some stuff like that, where it was just like, man, it's just like that relationship to me. The things I pick up on is the fear, right, of mm-hmm. of losing, losing that person, losing the relationship and all that. So 
To me, this is uh, the catchiest song on the deal, obviously. Because <laughs> you sang it so and, much. And I felt like me and Dylan would almost have uh, a battle with it in terms of <laughs> I would sing it <laughs> once. It. And it was like, who could make it the most ridiculous sounding? Like where mm-hmm. you couldn't even really make out what we were saying. It was just right. screaming vowels. Uh-huh. All right. After a wasted year, angels and demons. Angels and demons. This is another single. Another song about being a rock star. This is probably where most of the rock stars came from. Yeah. Um, what do you, you got? Anything? I'm like, like my only thought yeah. on this, I thought it was trying too hard to be hard. You know, like or mm-hmm. too hard to be. Like it didn't you know, seem like, genuine almost. I don't know. I just. It's not yeah. one of my favorites on the album. I, I know this was a big one, I guess, right? Didn't we watch like a music video of this? Mm-hmm. So it was good enough to get its own video. It was right. yeah. clearly, though, it's like there's two Jadens on this album to me. And I think mm-hmm. it is. There's almost like one broken into himself and about the mental challenges of becoming famous and stuff like that. And then there's one, the other side, that's relationship stuff. And on this one, I just feel like he's trying too hard or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess, I guess so. I watched this video and it was like talking about music that like TikTokers have made, mm-hmm. which, you know, they generally get a lot of like flack for that. Yeah. Um, like just like the bigger ones who do music and it seems like some of them, it doesn't seem genuine, I guess. But... Um, yeah, and they talked about this song, and they're like, "Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't sound right." Something. It's almost. Like, I. I think it's the lyrics, and we broke down the chorus earlier before we started this. And mm-hmm. again, this is one like full of expletives. But I, yeah, I think the lyrics are good. I just don't. Mm-hmm. It's something about the delivery. It's like he's trying too hard to be dark and ominous, and like the mm-hmm. depression. I, it doesn't go with yeah, the album to me. I really like this one. I mean. But when, because when he was releasing singles, they, they would do the, like, the waterfall thing where yeah. they put all the other singles that were released before it after that. And I usually, I did usually, like, skip this one. Yeah. Okay. I be, just because I don't really like the verses very much. I don't like the delivery where it's like, dun 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's depressing. But I do, I do like the chorus a lot. Yeah. All right. After this one, we have our next non-song track. And I want to play this one so everyone can (laughs) hear it. Because at first, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Why is this in here? But here it comes. It fits. Oh, no. Sorry. Aw, isn't isn't that sweet? He loves you so much that he would even give you a kiss even though it's just to a video camera. Aw, that's so sweet. Well, we only have like one minute left on the minute left on the so I like the way it, you know, drowns out at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But really the thing I learned to love about that is I love <laughs> backhanded compliments or like uh, hidden jabs. And mm-hmm. that's what, like the statement of he's giving you a kiss even though it's just to a video camera. You know, like he's giving you a kiss, but he's not even done, doesn't even have time to come give you a real one. Just through a camera. That's all. <laughs> I don't know. I like I those. I did not see it as like a jab, but that's funny. It's not. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> no, uh, no. But, but it, it can't be seen yes, that way. Yes, it can be. And I think it's just like, 
I don't know. If you look at the Spotify like visualizer for it, it's yes. like part of that home video. And exactly. It's so cute. And it, that that did change it a little bit too for me. So after the interlude, we go into Brain Dead. Is that right? No, 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 one minute. I'm sorry. One minute because the one minute at the end of I'm struggling the with interlude. my Spotify skills. It's okay, it's okay. My only note on this is catchy again, damn it. I think when I was doing the original notes on this, I was not wanting to like Jaden as much as I ended up liking him. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, dang. (sighs) And I think it is when he's got this more like punky Travis Barker in the background sound. That's him. That this is what it should be. Mm -hmm. Like angels and demons is not this. So it's just if he had one minute left to live. Yes. This is the song I added to the workout playlist, or one of the two. I added two. I added pills as well. Uh, But this one makes so much sense in CrossFit because a lot of time (laughs) when you have one minute left or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I really just want that line to hit right when I'm screaming, there is one minute left. (laughs) Um, This song actually makes me just think a little bit. He says he would call his parents and then his girlfriend. But he, he has one minute. If you had one minute, you're making two phone calls. Oh, uh, it's impossible. And, like, he's, he Could starts with his parents, and he, so he's going to have to, like, cut that one short. He's yeah. going to be like, sorry, guys, i got to say bye to my girlfriend. How are you going to say goodbye anyways? So, yeah. hold on, one minute and then he's ending it, or what? I, just one minute left to live. Or just one minute left on his prepaid phone. I think it's he's dying in one minute. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. Uh, That's a tough one. That would be, we could do a whole podcast on what you would do with one minute. Mm. Would you make a phone call? Nah. I mean, is is it suicide or what is he getting at here? What one minute till he dies, but how's he dying? (laughs) Maybe there was an accident or something. Okay. I don't think he does go like in depth that way on this one. Yeah. It's just like if it was in his control, I just wouldn't wait the minute. I would either take twenty minutes to have those conversations, (laughs) or I would just be done. Yeah, that's why I think it it probably has to be like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know, something's going wrong in one minute. Or it could be like the idea of he just. This is getting really dark and morbid. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. But like he just took a ton of pills, and he knows like this is about to set in, and I'm going to be done. Okay. I don't know. That could be it. Moving on from one minute then? Yep. Brain dead. This one's one of my favorites. I really, uh, yeah. The opening here, the vocals at the beginning, I think are are really good. I like how it goes into more of even like this rap kind of flow. It really reminds me of a lot of guys, like Juice World even. I get a little bit of that here. Oh yeah, I do have something to talk about Juice World. Okay. Let's do it during Brain Dead then. Okay, a fun little story. Super punk voice on this one too, though. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't say dead, he says dead. <laughs> it's like brain dead. I got issues. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. So the story is a few years ago, he and his buddies were just like hanging around in whatever town, and then Juice World had like a show that night, and so they decided to get tickets. Like, oh, let's go, and then. But what ha- they were kind of towards the back, but what happened was Juice World was supposed to come out at 7.30, and 
but he didn't come out until 10. And so, like, half the people left. And was, so they were, like, pretty up close to the front in ooh, the end. That's they, exciting. It is. That's a good, uh, you know, lesson learned, don't leave. Right. Just keep moving up. Keep moving, moving on up. Moving on yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and Jaden says during that concert, that's when, like, um, something magical. It was, like, music kind of clicked for him. Yeah. And then it's what made him really, like, want to make music. And, like, obviously he has, like, these influences with Travis and... Sure, sure. His, like, other favorite bands. Green Day. Yeah. (laughs) Blink-182, obviously. I think, you know, the fact that you were able to, you know, drive Blink-182 influence... I mean, Green Day was, too, then. Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of had me thinking, you know... uh, And I don't mean to change it real hard off Juice World here, but I did think, like, I would love to have where bands we've reviewed covered bands we've reviewed you know what i mean but i wouldn't pick them to do a green day song it's too close it's too easy or whatever Mm -hmm. i'd pick like probably some michael jackson song Mm -hmm. make it sound like this yes yeah Yeah. take i want you to take thriller and make it yours or whatever you know that would be the most fun yep all right after brain dead we have tonight feature Feeding. I always struggle because I want to say feeding or featuring, but feeding Ian Dior. Ian Dior. He is also on Machine Gun Kelly's album. Of course. He will be um, in the Downfalls High movie. Yes. We're getting. We're going to get a double shot of Ian Dior. Yes. <laughs> and Travis Barker. Mm-hmm. And MGK. Who That's else? Right. Um. Well, Trippy Red is on. Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall album, and he's also on Juice World's album. Nice. Um, this was another one where, again, I kind of had um, another tie, I think, to completely <laughs> oh insecure relationship. Scott Heiler, 1998. Super catchy, but it was kind of that feeling of right before. I, I'm, I just remember this feeling of the, the two or three weeks leading up to I hope if your mom listens to this, she's going to probably realize what a hex she had me in back then. But <laughs> she was just feeling like, it. you know, is that exact thought like the last two weeks instead of enjoying that time before she was moving away? Mm-hmm. I was just living in constant like, yeah, you're yeah. about to pull the string on this. And then she, <laughs> we were just talking about it because we were talking about how this album kind of made me think of that. And she said, every time I would come visit that summer, I was just miserable Sunday. Well, it's because I had to drive back that afternoon or mm-hmm. evening. You and I was more work. focused on the how, how much that was going to suck to leave her mm-hmm. or to go back, <laughs> you know, and go to summer school right. or whatever and work at Blockbuster <laughs> that summer <laughs> without her. And uh, instead of just focused on the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Something we do. I, it's a Hyler, it's a Hyler it. thing. I see it, but this is also a very fun song. It and is. You're kind of like just I'm killing it. I'm killing your it. mood. Wait. This one tonight has those little that little girl's voice. Yes, like on not a, a little girl voicemail girl. type thing. Yeah. Um, in the beginning and the a end, and you, yeah, no, it's not a little girl. It's supposed to be. His it's a little voice from an adult girl. Yeah, right, right, right. You have a story about that, don't you? You listen to this at Ingen Stitch on your headphones, and you. Yes. Yeah, so when I have my headphones on, I, instead of having uh, cool little Bluetooth uh, 
you know, buds or something. Mm-hmm. I wear gigantic studio level headphones, even when I'm just <laughs> at work. I don't know why, but I kind of gotten where I like it. And sometimes when someone comes in the office and starts talking to me, it'll just be like this little, mini, 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 <laughs> you know, and that song has that. There were numerous times when I was going through this album while at work where I would turn around thinking Michaela or Karen were standing there <laughs> telling me, you know, mm-hmm. something I messed up again. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now we're off of uh, tonight, which I did like it, uh, mm-hmm. and on to effed up. Yep. And I am giving that the non-expletive it treatment. For it. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna bring up Olivia Rodrigo on this one again. I'm gonna just, bring up Green Day just on this so one. I can meet the quota to where we can put Olivia Rodrigo in the description and get more people on this. Okay. Um, for a while, this song was my least favorite, and I called it the enough for you of this album to reference Sour, which I said I didn't like that one very much. Um, so anyways, effed up and enough for you. I would both say, like, these are, like, the boring ones. They're kind of forgettable. Like, they don't, like, do a lot instrumentally. Yeah. It's kind of just boring. But I have come around on both of those songs, and I can see how they are both still cool songs, and they are both no longer my least favorite. Yeah, there's things to enjoy about those yeah, ones. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, they're, they're still good. So to me, I, I noted that he uses the term basket case in it, and that's what I decided Ooh. was his shout-out to Green Day. Right. Even though it probably wasn't. Not, it's not like <laughs> basket case is such a... Uh, yeah. Deep, uh, uh, you know, word or whatever that he couldn't use it. But I wrote down good breakup song um, for uns. It'd be a really great breakup song request for an uncensored radio station. And here's what I thought: it's like uh, I immediately went to that episode in Friends, you know, where they start mm-hmm. playing the U2 song or whatever. Where instead of if that DJ had interrupted it with this, you know, instead of interrupting (laughs) it and saying, we heard what you did, Ross, or whatever, (laughs) she would have just said, this is from Rachel back to Ross or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though it's kind of an it's it's me, not you type of theme is what I get. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Next is So What? So what? Um, This one's good. This was another single. Yeah, I wrote down catchy. Catchy, catchy. I think for me, the last chorus of this song is what makes the whole thing worth it. Like, it's still a good one Yeah. without that. Another short song, like too. So Under two and a half minutes. Give us the chorus, though. I did. It's this. Yeah. Again, like, you hurt me. Yeah, mental health, relationship, all that kind of stuff, right? It's a theme. It's a theme. Oh, all right. Anything else on So What? Mm, it does do also wanna... kind of have this poppy. Yeah. God, this screams Green Day to me right here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of it does from him. And again, just that genre. I love watching, too, on Spotify, if you get it on full screen. I am so, like, I don't want to see Jaden. I only want to see see Travis Barker. No, I don't really. It's nothing against Jaden. 
But watching Travis Barker drum is so entertaining. And I found that on the videos we've watched where he's with Machine Gun Kelly. I found mm-hmm. that on Downfalls High. I found him when he was with Jaden and some of the stuff we watched. You just want to watch. Jaden became annoying, mm-hmm. and I said it. And one of those ones, <laughs> what was the one we were watching? And I said um, that. Was it Angels? In, no. Because it was something where Barker had a much bigger presence, and he doesn't have yeah. a big presence in was Angels it, and Demons. Was it this one? It may have been. I think so. And it was just like... It was the first time I thought Jaden looks kind of like an annoying little kid. Just show the drummer. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you said about when we watched Five Seconds of Summer. You only wanted to see Ashton. You think the drummer's the star. Not always, and rarely, I would say. And with Barker, Mm -hmm. it's a different thing than Ashton. Okay. Ashton Ashton was clearly just the... um, he was clearly just the star. He looked star. like he was enjoying it the He was the star. The I think he, you just clearly saw the most energy from him. He did, you know, he kind of worked with the crowd. It didn't seem orchestrated. He was just having fun. I think with Travis Barker, it almost feels so technically difficult, I guess, the way he's moving right. and, and, yeah. and, and how fast he plays on a lot of these, you know, songs. <sighs> so much. So good, though. And... But he also never really breaks his concentration look, you know, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah. Um, but whatever. It's fun. We can talk, we'll be able to talk about that more on The Downfall's High. Yeah, definitely. Next, Angels and Demons, part two. Part two. This, is, this might be my favorite. Oh, man. It starts out like this, but, you yeah. know, like builds up. Yeah. Like Green Day. My notes just say... Well, you probably didn't listen to the whole song. I did listen to the whole song. I listened to the whole song on all of it. <laughs> I do like it, but I just think it's the same thing as the first one in this beginning part. Like, it's just... It's just, I don't know, so downer. And not no. downer with an edge yeah, at the beginning. It does. It, it starts like downer, but it's like emotional. But So it's like still kind of fun. And then it like kicks up and at the end it's like yeah screw you again another short one not even two minutes this whole song Mm-mm. i dig that about that this genre <laughs> it is very nice yeah see now it's fun it's like a different yeah. beat behind it so you can and there's travis mm-hmm. see i feel like this one would be really fun to do a video for or do live yeah I think, uh, too, this may have been the one where I feel like, because it goes from kind of slower, and then and he flips over to the drum kit, maybe, on this, or something like that. Goes. Mm-hmm. Remember, a couple of them we watched, he's got a drum kit next to his drum set, and he plays yeah. both in the in the song mm-hmm. at some point. I think, I think that was so what, too. Yeah. So that's Angels and Demons Part 2. Up next, we've only got a few songs left, is Better Off Dead. This one was another single, and I kind of linked it up with Angels and Demons. It kind of skipped it, too. Really? I have it as another failed relationship song about depression and anxiety. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. again, kind of similar, I, I agree, um, but catchier than, than those, I believe, in, my, in mm-hmm. my mind at least. But again, yeah, it's a little bit of a negative yeah. If I was letting the album play, I would 
Mm, I would definitely let Angels and Demons play, like, yeah. just when I'm listening to the album. And I guess this one, too. Yeah. This one, it does. It just has kind of like a... I don't know if it's a trap beat. I don't want to use that if that's the wrong term, but it feels like that's it behind it the whole time. Yeah, it's definitely that little drum kit thing instead of real drums for this part mm-hmm. of it. And I feel like he may switch back and forth on this one, too. Also, the way he says, it's cloudy with... I can't get it's cloudy with a chance of meatballs out of my head every time he says that. And I don't even know that I ever even saw that movie. And, yeah, just that chorus of melody, it sounds like it should be a nursery rhyme. Yeah. It's cloudy with... All right, moving on then, we'll go to DTA. When I was looking at the track list before this album was out, this is the one I was looking forward to the most because I didn't know exactly what DTA stood for. Like, I tried to figure it out. What's it stand it for? you got to win me over on this song. I do? Yeah, because I've got this written down as the album is trailing away. Feels like a throw-in song. Oh. Well, you know, it's DTA Records. So, like, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out what this means because if you just look up like the slang for DTA whatever that could stand for it's I like a bunch idea. of things drummers totally awesome <laughs> no okay. it is don't trust anyone ah I like so that so the course is love is dead and I don't trust anyone oh I don't know I, I, I and it may just be like the most of the albums like that we listen to, and I've had to do this with some where I'll go start them at the end and mm-hmm. almost attack it differently to see if it changes the way I feel. I did not do that with this album. Maybe that would have done it because mm-hmm. maybe by this point it's just like I'm kind of growing tired of Jaden. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, this <laughs> yeah, just feels like, like another throw-in or whatever, you know. After this, we had Last Time. Punky voice, punky voice. It won't hurt. <laughs> I feel like the theme, like lyrically, this one was good. Yes. But it's, I don't know. It, I feel like maybe it is too many songs maybe. on this album. I, I, I like this one more than DTA and more than Better Off Dead and more than Angels and Demons Part 2. I feel like maybe it's kind of the best one of the second or the la- the final third of the album to me. This is the one I, kinda, I, I think I would like the most. Mm-hmm. This one feels like, you know, in The Breakfast Club, their little dance scene? Yeah. You know, like, how Claire dances kind of, like, I don't know, just throwing her arms and legs? Yes. This feels like this, well, maybe not anymore, but, like, earlier that beat, it feels, like, right. Yeah. For some reason, I always get that. Like, that's what I remember probably the most from The Breakfast Club, the way Claire danced, because it looks kind of silly. Yes, it does. But, like, you get it while you're doing it. Yeah. She's letting loose. (laughs) Letting loose. Peeling back the uh, onion. (laughs) <laughs> Not being fake anymore. Nope. I do. Yeah, I like this one. Next is, we're down to the last two, No Vanity. No Vanity. This one kind of gets, like, skipped over for me. Um, it's common for that when it's a song where, like, the song title isn't in the song. Yeah. It's hard to do that. Like, Concert for Aliens on Tickets to My Downfall. For a while, I just, like, skipped that one. But then I would sing it, and I'd be like, which one is that? And I was like, oh. Tons of brilliance. Yeah. And I do the same with this one. Yeah. I would sing this. I would be like, uh, just this part. Does she love me? Does she not? And then I would keep singing the rest of the part. And then Dylan walks up to me and she's like, she doesn't. She doesn't. Yeah. So this is, again, (laughs) another one that could be tied to 
me and me and Amy summer in 98. But my note on this one is forgettable. And now you're just beating the theme to death. Mm. You know, it just feels yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. one, one too many, one too but many. I, I love it. Like I said, I've described it like sour as yeah. exhausting before, but I love it. I love that it does that. I love it, yeah. when it like, it's Keeps really going. Like this idea. I'm not going to let you forget. Yeah. No. So yeah. And I, again, it, uh, there's not a, t- there's not huge holes in this album in my mind, Mm-mm. you know. And even not being a huge Jaden fan, just listening to it like as song for song, this is definitely not a hole for sure. But, mm-hmm. and then the last song, "Tell Me About Tomorrow," the album title track. Tell me about tomorrow. Oh. I don't know if you can hear the words I'm saying right now. Very it's different. Nice. little acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. little Tesla love song Let kicking it off almost. This one's a very good ender. It feels like yeah, it is. It really is. Very punky voice again right, on yeah. this one. The lyrics on this one are almost too much. Um, because... I mean, like when I was just listening to this, I was like, oh, he's probably like singing to a girlfriend or something like that. I wasn't really paying that close attention to the lyrics. But then I read like this article about the album and what he said this one was about. And I was like, oh, my God. Give it, it to me. It makes so much more sense now. So remember Final plea for Cooper. a relationship. No. No, it doesn't have anything to do with like um, dating or the drama or Nessa or Mads or whatever. It kind of feels like it could, though. It could, yeah. Because that's why I thought that. But yeah. the lyrics fit so much better with this, I think. Give us the story of Cooper. The story of Cooper. Is this going to make me cry? <laughs> Probably not cry. Did you cry? Um, no. No, okay. I didn't All right, cry. here we go. But I was just like, wow, this is good. This is deep. I'm turning so, the music down um, even further now. <laughs> uh, we talked about Cooper on pills. They thought that pills would be about him because it was... Um, because he struggled with like drug addiction, sure. but he overcame that battle. And Jaden tells this story of like when they were in Vegas or something, and Cooper like I think, or maybe just one of his friends. I don't I don't know if it's Cooper, but um, like overdosed, and they were dead for like a minute, and he was there. Oh goodness! And oh god, it sounds like terrible, but this part like. Is about that the, minute, basically, then? Yeah, the yeah. comforting of it's like, um, it's just like, don't die. You tell me all the things I don't know. Tell me, like, your problems or whatever, and I'll tell you about tomorrow. Like, hold on yeah. for tomorrow. Yeah. But then this also fits in with, like, why he called it Tell Me About Tomorrow. Like, he's about to start screaming, Tell Me About Tomorrow. Yeah. Let's get a little of that. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe not about to. Yeah. Okay. We'll go back to you. It's Sorry. Good. Back to <laughs> okay. you. Um, well, tell me about tomorrow. He said that it's just because, like, whenever he's feeling anxious, like this is just the opposite of like living in the present. When he's like doing, having like a panic attack or like super anxious, he's just like, tell me, tell me about tomorrow. I, he needs to know. I need to know like what's happening. Yeah. What's happening next? I like it. Like he's kind of living in fear. Goodness. You just won me over on this song. <laughs> I already had it written down as a great ender, soft. I wrote down final plea for a relationship, which again, it could still be tied could, to that. It's yeah. just not a girl and it's a friend. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote down punky voice. And I think there's mm-hmm. like seven songs where I wrote punky voice and nine where I wrote catchy. <laughs> so 
I would, Sorry. Yeah, I would recommend going back or like everyone listening to this song with like that yeah. that story about that friend in mind. It changes like it. Yeah. Completely. Very good. So that's the end of that album. Tell me about tomorrow by Jaden. Good pick, Grace. Um, any other th- thoughts, final notes on the album um, you had? I know you said you had a ton. Do you have games? <laughs> I didn't I do a deal. Do we talked about doing a deal where I would once again go through and say who would cover this from the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's really tough on this album because you do end up just saying Blink-182 or Green Day or the variety yeah. of bands that fit inside of that box. Um, and it's more fun to probably think about some of these if you just gave it to an artist and said, make it yours. Mm-hmm. Like if you said, you two, cover, you know, pills. <laughs> oh. No, and do it in your do style. That. Do it in your style. Make it a 28-minute song. No, not really. <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like we pick on you two sometimes. Yeah. And we love you two. We love you too. I was just thinking because I was working, trying to work on my like big album rankings. Power this, rankings. Which we are doing every album that we've reviewed. Yeah. And plus folklore and the sour since we talked about them. And should we also do tickets to my dinner? I think so. I, just gonna especially to if we do it after the movie review, where it will tie yeah. in pretty well, which we will. Okay. I was thinking we were going to try and do it in this podcast today, and I'd kind of started the process mm-hmm. but didn't finish it. So I'm kind of glad we're not. <laughs> Plus, we're already over an hour and a half. I mean, if we were going to get into that, that's probably at least adding 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So just as a precursor to that, I think, is this going to mean 16 albums or 18? Um, These two. I I think think it's 16. I think this might be 18. 18, regardless. Are you putting it, let's call it 18. Is Jaden's album just off the top of your head, and we're not going to hold this to you, the, you could change it any time. Mm-hmm. Top six, middle six, bottom six. Um, I think maybe top six. Okay, I think it's going to be middle six for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Green Day, Dookie. Not Liquid Dookie. Dookie. Liquid Dookie may have made it worse for you. It's, it sounds <laughs> like um, probably middle six. It's definitely safe from the bottom. Yeah, it's definitely safe. I, I'm thinking it's top six. It's definitely somewhere. I was trying to think, and I'm like, man, it's somewhere between five and eight. So basically residing right on the border of middle six. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We will do that. That'll be an upcoming episode. Grace, we have so many episodes to do, and you leave in less than two weeks. Ah, I know, right? We're going to do it, though. So we're going to do crazy. downfalls. Uh, Downfalls High, which mm-hmm. is the Machine Gun Kelly album made into a movie that's available on YouTube. Anyone can go watch that right now mm-hmm. if you've got access to YouTube. Go do it. And it's, it's pretty my good. farewell gift. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, so we're going to do that with Derek sometime early this next week. So here in the next three or four days, hopefully. And then we've also got um. the... <laughs> our rankings. I think what we do is and we do our Dylan. rankings and Dylan as kind of one episode, maybe, right? Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. And then I thought we had a third one. Um, That's it, I guess, I right? Guess. Downfalls and, and Dylan. And then if we mix the rankings in, which we yeah. may not, may end up being three episodes. Um, oh, well, that was did. it. A fair, a, a, like Kind of like a going off to college. I would like to just oh, do an episode right, right, kind of right. with your mindset around going off to college and we're going to talk about kind of my, my, you know, kind of our two situations, because I think it's kind of polar, 
you know what I mean? And, and what we're mm-hmm. doing in terms of college and where we're at right now, or where I was when I was your age and kind of where you're at. And I think a lot of people will relate to that. So minimum two episodes, because we could end mm-hmm. up crunching some of these together or whatever. Uh, but make right. sure you check it out. And then as Dylan basically jumped the shark with there, she, she will <laughs> she then re- be taking over the in-studio other co-hosting duties of the Gen Divide mm-hmm. podcast, which is super exciting. And as Grace goes off to college, we'll kind of define what that's going to look like for Grace, whether it's Zoom or if it's just when she's home every once in a while, or we've even had some more other creative ideas that mm-hmm. we might do there. So, And um, in case you're wondering, we decided we probably will not be doing the Britney episode. We will not. Yeah, we talked about it, and it is so much. Mm-hmm. As I went out and read about it, I was like, this could easily be a three-part podcast. Right. Minimum. I don't know if I want to do that. And I think there's so much to get into from because and the one reason it does kind of work well, and we mm-hmm. may could revisit it down the road because this story is not over by any means with her mm-hmm. uh, and how this is going to go. But it could easily. There's so much to tie to the late '90s Britney versus the now Britney. You know right. what I mean, and kind of how we got to here mm-hmm. and all that. So. Maybe and that could easily be one Dylan and I pick up down the road as well as as yeah. more of this comes to an Let's end with ahead. Britney, not to an end. Because I just really wanted to talk more about her music and less about or just like the her drama. back then and yeah. less now. But like you kind of have to talk about it. Oh yeah, that's definitely where it's have to. All yep, is now. It's fascinating for sure. And there's some other podcasts out there. The BBC did one that's already completely about this. I think it's an eight part podcast. I found it unbearable, but you may like it, so check it out. I couldn't even get through the first episode for some reason. I didn't like the flow of it, but whatever. So we've got those coming up. You can always check us out on Instagram. We've been trying to kind of pick up traction there a little bit more as well. We are at Gendivide Podcast. Email us at gendividepodcast at gmail.com. That's it. That's it. We're on the other socials, but we don't look often. Um, and we um, that's it, I think tied it up right we always fail at this part it's so hard to say goodbye <laughs>